0: The following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. So we're going to read this morning from verses 1 through 18. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, as we have uh, also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses and when you fast do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces because uh, that's what this passage is largely about. And we're actually not going to look at the whole thing. I'm going to cut out uh, the middle of the Lord's Prayer, and we will look at it next week, because uh, there's just too much here. Um, and it, it is a bit of a, a, a side trail, rabbit trail, if you will. So we're going to look at the three things of fasting, uh, giving to the needy, and prayer, uh, in terms of the way it's practiced by the hypocrites. Right? A hypocrite is the Greek word that literally means an actor, a stage performer, and so Jesus doesn't actually call out any specific people, um, but later uh, he he charges the Pharisees with being hypocrites, right? So he's talking about people who are uh, practicing their religion, their spirituality in a way that gets public and attention and notice. Right? Uh, they are seeking affirmation and approval. And so, uh, like I like to I like to think of the triple A. This is my triple A for this sermon. Triple uh, A meaning uh, affirmation, approval, and applause. Okay, now, now, here's the, the, the question. Do any of you like affirmation, approval, or applause? Does anybody like those things? You know? okay, There's a few honest people here. Good. Uh, how many of you have read like the five love languages? I love that one of the five love languages is the love, love, love language of words of affirmation. Right? So apparently getting affirmed has something to do with love and must at some level. Somebody thought it was a good thing, right? Um, but in this passage, Jesus, uh, we're not so sure because Jesus seems to um, rebuke these hypocrites who are trying to get approval and affirmation and, and applause, right? So, so uh, is it okay to get affirmation? Uh, is that really the issue here? Are there other things going on in this passage about Uh, their need for approval. Um, And and how should we get it? Is there a right way to get approval? Is there a right way to orient our life so that we're getting the kind of affirmation that we need without uh, being hypocrites, right? So some big questions Us, we want to look at as we unpack this passage. And at the root of it, uh, Jesus is examining heart motives. Like what motivates you? What drives you? Uh, and in this case, these people were being motivated, driven to their actions and their activities, their spiritual performance by, uh, by the motive of getting affirmation, getting approval from people around them. So let's uh, look at these things real, real quick and then we'll, we'll see how it works in our own life. Um, first, he talks about um, a, a kind of a general statement in verse 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. I would, I would maybe paraphrase this because we don't really think about practicing our righteousness, right? Those kind of a terminology and wording we we probably don't use. But something that we would think about is living out your spirituality. Like, be careful living out your spiritual life, your spirituality in in a way that's attracting attention, doing it before other people in order to be seen by them. Uh, and and Jesus. Gives three specific examples of what in their day was uh, how you could you could you could do this, how you could get affirmation and attention and even applause through being spiritual in these three activities. Now we'll see later that maybe this isn't true for us so much today. Um, I'll just say right up front that um, if, if the elders come up and do their elder prayer at the end of the message and it goes too long, people don't normally applaud that. <laughs> People are usually like, why do they have to take so long? Right? That's just killing us off with that long prayer. Can't they make it shorter? Right? So I'm not sure that these things would actually um, have the same effect in our day, but let's look at them, and then we'll, we'll see how it maybe applies more in our day. And he starts off with the, uh, the, the discipline or the spiritual activity of giving to the poor. And he says, um, thus when you give uh, to the needy, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Uh, this was one of the core spiritual disciplines, if you will, or spiritual practices of the Jews. Uh, they were expected to give alms. And so it was right up there with prayer. It was right up there as a significant part of worship. Um, and uh, they didn't have a kind of government social welfare like we do today. So... Uh, very significant help for the poor and the needy was distributed in a very organized, planned way through the synagogues. And so they were dependent on people giving generously uh, to help support the care of of the needy and the poor and the the widows and the orphans. And that was an important thing. Uh, But he says, don't do it like the hypocrites who, it's not just that they're giving all, that they're doing it with great fanfare and um, attention-getting. Now, uh, most scholars don't believe that they actually blew a trumpet. They think Jesus is, is perhaps um, exaggerating a little bit here. But, uh, but you can get the picture. Just imagine if uh, you know, we're passing around the offering plate and, and, and somebody gets out an extra large stack of 1000 bot bills, you know, and all of a sudden, a whole group of people stand up around them and start blowing trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! They win. You know, they got the biggest offering of the morning. they are cheers. Whoa! Go! Ten thousand pot! Wow! Right? And, and they, well, that's kind of the picture. And Jesus may be exaggerating a bit, um, or not. We don't know exactly. Uh, in that we do know, in the in the temple, they actually built these recept, uh, reception boxes, these offering boxes that had these large brass uh, trumpet bells, right, uh, so that when they would throw in their shuckled coins, it would, it would ring loudly. So maybe he was talking about that, you know, like you could get a good effect if you had a big bag full of change and you throw it in there, it makes a lot of noise, right? People would applaud, wow, look at that, that, look at all the money they gave, right? We don't know exactly, but the point is, however they did it, they gave in a way that was public and noticeable. And their goal was to get affirmation, approval, applause. Right? And he says, even in the streets, and the, street, the word for street here is actually the word for a small lane, like a, a Thai soy, if you will, a small, okay, not, a, not a big crowded street. So maybe here the idea is even, even when they're giving, not in the big assembly, but they're giving actually maybe directly to a, a beggar, right? that, that their motive is that the beggar would go, oh, wow, thank you so much. Right? Maybe it's not a large crowd, but that one person is giving them affirmation and, and praise. Right? Um, and, and Jesus says these, these words, uh, he says them over and over again, he says, uh, to paraphrase it, those hypocrites, if their goal is getting praise and approval from others, they are getting all the rewards now they're ever going to get. Right? The word here is used, it would often be put on a receipt when you went to buy something, and it would say, they have received all the goods and services that they paid for. I don't owe them anymore, more. Right? And so God says, look, you're, they're getting everything. The praise of men is, is all they're going to get. Right? So we hope that, it, that it's enough. right? We would hope for that person that the praise of men lasts. And that it sustains them through eternity. <laughs> because it says, God's not going to affirm you. Right? If that's your motive, God is not going to uh, praise you or applaud you. Right? That's all you get, is the praise of those men. Um, now, it's interesting in this passage, um, he, doesn't, he never calls the hypocrites, he never says that they're father. Right? So it's likely that Jesus is talking about a group of people, uh, which he's already, he's already mentioned. The righteousness of the Pharisees was inadequate to enter the kingdom. And so he may be talking about a group of people that Jesus knows are not actually even in the kingdom. He says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you won't even enter the kingdom. And so this is one of the practices of their righteousness that, um, that fell way short. Uh, but but he, he warns his disciples that they could still copy those same practices. They, they will get in the kingdom, but they will get there... Um, and they will, they will not receive the rewards that God has for them. Um, and he says, instead, give in secret. Uh, I say to you, they've received their rewards, but it, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to do this, uh, but it's pretty much impossible for your right hand to not know what your left hand is doing, right? Uh, you'd have to do... Serious things to your brain for that to actually happen. Uh, So Jesus is not talking about something that's physically possible. But he's he's making a point that that you should go to great lengths to make this extremely secret. A private, secret matter. He says, here's the thing. Your father, now now he's talking to his disciples. He says, in your father, uh, who is in secret, uh, he sees every hidden act. Right? He sees everything that nobody else sees, he notices. And when you do it with the right motive, when you do it in secret, he will see and he will reward you. Right? He will make sure, literally, you are repaid for your act of kindness and your, uh, your spiritual discipline that you've done. Uh, then he talks about prayer, and prayer was a similar thing. Um, when you pray, you must not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Right? And of course, we do this in our own church. We stand up and we have people lead in prayer. And sometimes uh, there's a place for public leading in prayer. Uh, much like in our day, though, not everybody gets a chance to do that. So in the synagogue, there would be certain leaders and certain key people who could stand up in public in in the church service and pray, right? And these hypocrites would do it in a way that was very much drawing attention. Then there were other people who weren't allowed to pray pray in church or weren't invited. So he says, uh, these people go out on the street corners and pray, right? So they go out and find a busy street corner and stand up and they start praying very loudly and very devoutly and perhaps very long prayers so that people passing by will go, wow, wow, Right? That's awesome. Uh, he says, uh, for those people, they have already received all the reward they are ever going to get. But when you pray, go into your inner room, literally your storage closet. Uh, most houses in that day were not large. They, they may have only had basically one room, but they would have had some kind of little storage closet or uh, uh, storage compartment. So go in there and shut the door where you are in private, where no one can see you or hear you. And there, pray, and your Father who is in secret will reward you because He sees, He hears, what nobody else can hear. right? And He will pay you back. And then finally, He mentions fasting. And again, I'm going to skip over the whole section on the Lord's Prayer. But He jumps down to fasting and He says essentially the same thing but with a different discipline. When you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Okay, and we're not exactly sure how they did this, but um, they were actors, right? And whether they put dirt on their face or they just, um, the word distort kind of has the idea of just twisting and contorting your face to make yourself look like you're about to throw up. Okay, why don't you all try that? No, I'm no, just kidding. Um, you, know, you, can, you can kind of add, act. Good actors do that, right? Good actors know how to how to put expression on their face. So these guys would walk around looking like they were on the verge of death. And somebody would come up to them, oh man, you look terrible. Do you have the coronavirus? <laughs> right? No, 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 I'm not sick. I'm fasting. I'm fasting. And oh, you know, they would be very dramatic, right? So that they would be seen, right? So that they could advertise it. Yes, I'm fasting. I'm fasting, right? Look at me. Look at the face. Got the fasting face on. Oh, good job. Wow. You're so spiritual. So devout. Um, says, uh, Truly I say to you, they have received all the reward they are ever going to get. Okay? But when you fast, be normal. Okay, that's what he says. Put on oil. You don't actually do this, but you know we don't do this anyway. We don't put oil on our face. Okay. Come to church greased up. Okay, you're taking the Bible a little too literally here. Uh, the idea here is that you you, you look normal. You, you you fix yourself up so that you are not drawing attention to yourself, right? You do it in secret and your father who is in secret um, will see, right? And he'll notice and he will uh, pay you back. He will reward you for your... Uh, your effort, right? Now, uh, so those are the three three things, and, and we need to look real closely at what the real problem is, right? What is it Jesus is really picking on here? Is he picking on their spiritual disciplines? Is he picking on uh, obviously the public way that they did it? But what was what was wrong? What was it that Jesus didn't like? Did he not like that they were needing affirmation? Is he saying this should not be part of your life? If you were truly spiritual, you wouldn't need to be affirmed or approved. We need to rewrite the five languages to four and take out that, you know, words of affirmation one, right? Because that that's not appropriate. Is that what Jesus is saying? Well, um, the first problem we should note is that um, Jesus is not really saying here that these people are intentionally um, deceiving others, right? The truth is that these people, these hypocrites, were, were being self-deceived. So one of the dangers here is that all of their activities were, were very spiritual practices. They were things that the church or the, the synagogue, the, the worship of their time would have approved as good things, right? Uh, it is good to, to do these things. It is good to pray and to fast and to give to the poor. And Jesus is not saying here, they shouldn't have been doing those things. Uh, it was the way they did it. And, and they. Um, it's dangerous. Here's the thing spiritual life it's easy to deceive ourselves because we're doing the right things right they were doing all the right things but they were doing them with the wrong motives and so we have to be very careful that we don't like like these hypocrites uh, deceive ourselves into thinking look I'm doing the right things I'm doing all the spiritual disciplines I'm living out my spiritual life right and so we think we're, we're good uh, but we, we don't understand that we can do all the right activities, but with very much the wrong reasons or the wrong heart. Um, it would also be true that, uh, that like the Pharisees, when we talked about the righteousness of the Pharisees, uh, one of the problems of the righteousness of the Pharisees is they trusted in their own righteousness, their own spiritual activities, uh, as adequate for salvation. So Jesus talks about that in the previous verses. We looked at that, but. Jesus says, no, you're, you're not, your righteousness is not good enough. If you think fasting is going to earn you a place of salvation or your, your great prayer life is going to earn you salvation, you're mistaken because your own righteousness is not adequate. Only the blood of Jesus is adequate for salvation. Um, but uh, I think here Jesus is pointing out that they were blinded to their self-serving motivation. Um, and, and they had kind of taken this too far. right? So on the scale, affirmation is kind of one thing. Approval is taking it a little further. So affirmation means you, you get a word of like, wow, that was a good job, right? Approval is not only is it a good job, but what you did was definitely the right thing. Like you, you came through on that one, right? But praise is taking that even to the next step, right? Praise or applause is... Wow, you are awesome, right? Now, uh, I think affirmation is is probably a good thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. Approval is probably important. Uh, Where we start getting into trouble is when we start seeking applause, right? Because all of a sudden it becomes more about my glory than God's, right? So when we start seeking the praise of men, it's for sure where we are getting in trouble. Uh, And they were blind to that. I think they they did not see that their motivation for their spiritual life was the praise of men, getting affirmed and praised by people. Um, So here's the next question, though. Is it it wrong to seek approval for our spiritual life, for our spirituality, for our service? Is it wrong uh, to want to be affirmed? Uh, I don't think so. And I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of scripture verses to back this up, so this is kind of my opinion. You can take it or leave it. Um, except I do find, and we'll talk about this later, that, that actually God promises, Jesus promises God's affirmation and approval. Uh, so I don't think it's a sin to want to, to know that we're, we're doing the right thing, right? Uh, I think it's a human need that God built into us when he created us, that we, we do need affirmation. It's part of what makes us dependent on other people. right? Uh, we, we cannot be an island unto ourselves. We, we need the affirmation and support and approval of others. We need to hear, uh, hear that. So the, 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 the risk here or the danger is not that they were trying to seek approval, but that they were seeking it from the wrong place. Right? And the point of this passage, if I could sum it into one sentence, would be this. There is only one who can really give us the approval, affirmation, and applause that will truly meet our need, and that is our Father in Heaven. Okay, our Father who is in Heaven. Um, it is it is not the spiritual practices or even the desire for affirmation in those things. It is, it is where we seek... Um, That approval. Um, And and by the way, let me just take a little side note here. Um, It is different in our world, right? Nobody is probably trying to get approval and praise from people by fasting, right? I don't know if it's just because Jesus was so effective on this that now we know that's like not, that doesn't count anymore. Like you can't get credit for that one. Or mostly people just don't understand it. It's not maybe practiced a lot. And people, uh, if, if if you like, if you got out there really public and said, "Hey, I'm not fasting. I mean, I'm fasting, not eating today." People are going to be like, uh, "Okay, good for you. We don't care, right?" It just doesn't have the same impact. So we have to think about the things in our day, though, that will get us affirmation and approval. If it's not fasting, or, or maybe even prayer, like I said, getting up. You know, if the elders pray too long, I do get some words, not of affirmation, words of like that was just too long. Like, make those guys stop, right? Uh, we're probably not going to get. So, so what in our day? Uh, well, there are things, right? There are things, and I don't have. To, we don't have time to go through them all, but I, I do think I do think our world and especially the church still gives applause or affirmation for when we are helping others and making a difference, right? Um, and now we have all these great ways to advertise ourselves, right? So we don't need street corners or synagogues, we have Facebook, right? So we can put it out there on social media and and honestly that's a lot of what drives social media, right? It is all about getting applause, we call it po- likes, right, likes or follows, right? So, so it's still out there. Um, or if we're missionaries, right? Maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's our prayer letters, right? We, we know that if we tell the story just right, people back home are going to be like, whoa. Right? So, so, so this is what we do, right? We, we, we make the people that we're writing about, we're helping. We, we tend to shade the story a little bit to make them sound way worse than they are, right? Like, yeah, they're, they're not just lost people. They're unreached people groups like nobody's ever taken the gospel to these people, ever. But I'm going, right? Wow, good for you, right? I mean, we do this, right? We do this. We, we do kind of step into our hypocrite mode. We're acting, right? Now, and if you're going to unreach people groups, I'm not trying to make fun of you, okay? Sorry, you just... This, isn't it true that we do this, right? And what is our motive? Is our motive to impress people. Say, hey, look at me. Man, I'm saving the world, right? Another one I love is, is, uh, you know, the whole like trafficking, rescuing, helping people, you know. We make those people that we're helping way worse. Or even worse yet, we tell truth about them that damages them, right? That that destroys their reputation on Facebook so that I can look better, right? Uh, That's actually a group. I won't go into that. But um, we have to be careful. We have to be careful. And and the thing is, why are we doing it? For the glory of God? Or are we trying to get attention and approval and affirmation for our work? Are we trying to get people to praise us? Right? Now, of course, the problem is not our serving and helping. The problem is not that you go to unreached people groups. They need Jesus, right? We should be going. We should be praying. We should be helping. We should be caring for those in need. We should be rescuing people who are trafficked and doing what we can in the fight to bring justice to the world. The problem is not what we're doing. The problem is who is our audience? Who are we trying to impress? Whose approval really matters to you? That's what Jesus is talking about here whose approval really matters. And I love what he says. He says over and over again, three times, he says, your father who is in secret. Your father who is in secret. Um, I think there is nothing more powerful than a father's approval. And I know that for me, this is kind of a lot of the dynamics of my own growing up. Uh, Growing up, I wanted to please my parents. And I, looking back, I was very much aware of this heart and this desire to please Parents. And that's actually a good thing. Um, oftentimes we think that uh, teaching children to obey is about kind of beating it into them, right? Like, like they're, they're, they have sin nature and they're, they're going to always do the wrong thing. So our job as a parent is to kind of scare them or bully them into doing the right thing. And that sometimes is a, is a parenting approach that I think is not healthy or helpful, Instead, what, what uh, obedience is, obedience is actually a choice where when given uh, several options, we choose the best thing. And the reason we choose the best thing is because we want to please our parents. Because we love them. And because we know they love us. And so children who are have a healthy bond, healthy attachment, healthy understanding of their parents' love, have this desire to please their parents. Now, <laughs> You say, yeah, I don't believe that because, I mean, my kid's doing the wrong thing all the time. Well, there is also the fallen sin nature, right? And so kids do disobey, and, and oftentimes children are kind of conflicted. They want to please their parents, but honestly, sin's also pretty fun. And so they, they, they're, they're torn, right? But a child who has the right relationship with their parents will, will feel sorry when they've disappointed you. Right? And so when they've sinned and they've they they've, they've done wrong, it, it hurts. Right? It hurts inside because they know they've disappointed their parents who love them. And, and I felt that when I was a child, uh, I wanted uh, to please my parents. Uh, but I especially felt this uh, uh, for, for my dad because I looked up to him a lot. Um, but, but possibly also because uh, it seemed I could never measure up to his expectations. Right? No matter what I did. I just never heard those words from him. Wow, son, that was great. Good job. Right? And so growing up, I, I felt that lack over and over. And, and so uh, I was very diligent to, to live my life as a kid to gain my father's approval. And uh, my dad was a very hard worker. And I mean worker in the sense of physical labor. And so I poured myself into physical labor. I mean, I would stack the wood, I would cut the wood, I would chop the wood, I would bring the wood in. I, I would work hard and um, from morning till night. And, and and my motivation for working hard was to hear my dad say, wow, son, that was awesome. Look at that stack of wood you you, you piled up there. But guess what? It never came. Right? It never came. So I had to go to counseling many years later to deal with all of that. Right? Um, but there is something powerful about uh, a father's affirmation. Now, because I didn't get it from my own dad, I started looking for it in other places. And I looked to see if others would affirm me and give me their approval. And so I started focusing my energy on others, especially as I got into adulthood. And I tried to please other people, uh, trying to get their affirmation and approval. Uh, and, and ultimately, their praise. Right? Uh, and uh, I got it, right? Oftentimes I got it. But I discovered that it never, it never met the need for the lack of my father's own approval. Right? It always left a hole there. Um, and thankfully, uh, when I came to Christ, all of that changed because I realized that there's a father more important than my earthly father that I need to please. And that is our Father in Heaven. Your father in secret sees. Right? And, and, and this is a serious warning. He says they are getting all, all the reward they're ever going to get. And here's the principle of the story. If you are living for man's praise, beware. Because there's going to come a day when that praise is going to be incredibly empty and worthless. And I think that day is going to be on the day when we stand before God in eternity at the judgment seat. And he's speaking here as to a disciples. So he's talking about those who are in the kingdom, those who are his children. And we will stand before God. We will stand before him and we will give an account for our life. Not for our sin, because that's covered by the blood of Jesus. But for our righteousness, for our spiritual life, for our service. Right? And here's what he says. If you have served me... And you've helped people and you've done ministry and your your motivation was the praise and applause of men. The affirmation of people. When you stand before God, He will be silent. And I think there's going to be nothing more painful. You're not going to hell, you're not experiencing judgment. There's going to be nothing more painful than to stand before your Heavenly Father and he has and he has nothing to approve of your life or ministry imagine what that's going to be like right that's going to make the praise you got on earth seem incredibly hollow and empty when your father in heaven has nothing positive to say about your life or your service so that's why Jesus warns his disciples what is your motivation Right? Why are you doing this? Are you doing it for the praise and affirmation of men? Or are you doing it because you want to be affirmed by your Father in heaven? Right? That, that He uh, uh, applauds what you do. Right? And He does see everything. Right? And He promises when our motivation is to please Him. Right? He will reward us. He will reward us. One last thing we've got to cover before we end. Um, Let me just wrap up with this last thing. Uh, This is a Sermon on the Mountain. We're kind of in the middle of the sermon, and Jesus has been progressing through the the Beatitudes. And then right after the Beatitudes, if you remember, Jesus talked about being salt in life. Do you remember those verses? Let me just go back and read them so we don't forget. Uh, Jesus says, uh, "If You are the salt salt of the earth, but its salt has lost its taste. How shall saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, hear these words, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay. Flip over one chapter. Remember, Jesus gives this all in one sermon, most likely, right? So, a few points later, Jesus says, "Don't let anybody see what you're doing." Right? Is Jesus like really confused here, or if not, I'm really confused. Like, am I supposed to show them what I'm doing, or not show them? Am I supposed to put it out and be a light, or supposed to hide it in a closet, right? I'm so confused. Let's sort that out real quickly. First off. Um, we need to think about who our audience is. Okay, Jesus is talking about this in, this in this spectrum of two different contexts, two different audiences. When Jesus says, Let your light so shine, who's he telling us to shine our light to? The church or the world? The world. The world, right? Not, not our little Christian community over here. In fact, he's just talking about the world that's persecuting you for your righteousness, right? And the reality is that when we live our life out, in the world who's watching, right? They don't applause, uh, applaud us often for our, our good works and our good efforts. Oftentimes they persecute us for it. And Jesus says, "Don't let that stop you. Be salt and light. Let the world see your good works." Right. Um, his context here is the church, is this community, right? He says, "When it comes to your brothers and sisters, who will most likely be the ones to applaud you." Make it secret. Right? Don't show off your spirituality before the church, before your brothers and sisters. Right? Um, so that's the first question, is, is, is who's your audience? Who are you uh, focusing on when you're doing it secretly or, or not? Right? The world needs to see our good works. Uh, the church doesn't so much. Okay? Second, what is your goal? He says, Let your light so shine before men, before the world, that they may see your good works. And What? Glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, what Jesus is really talking about here is our motivation, not, uh, not the activity, right? So he says your, the goal should be God's glory, not my praise. Right. So we have to keep that in check. I'm doing this not so I get glory, but I want to do it in a way that points people to the glory and honor of God, not my own reputation. And thirdly, what is your real motivation? Uh, and, and, and so the point here is not so much how visible or invisible it is, but it's about the secret motives of the heart. And as I said, you can't really hide what your right hand does from your left hand. right? You, it's, it's, you can't do that. And Jesus knew that. Um, the, the picture of hiding in a closet when you pray, the thing is, your whole family is going to know um, Dad just went in the closet and he locked the door. Like, What is he doing in there, right? Like, huh? Right? It's, it's not that. It's not that hidden. Um, public prayer is an important part of our worship service, right? It's not saying that we should never have people lead publicly in prayer, right? There's times when that's an important corporate expression of worship, and it's what we should do. Although I feel sorry for whoever has to do the elder prayer this morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, and it's impossible to fast and not be noticed. Like, if you've ever fasted and, like, everybody sits down at the table, either you don't sit down at the table and people say, Why, where's dad? Uh, he's fasting. Or you sit at the table and you don't eat anything. Why aren't you eating? Uh, I'm fasting. Right? You, you can't hide all of this. Right? So that's not, not the point. Um, but, but Jesus does give here uh, the challenge to put our motives to the test. What is the real reason you are doing this activity? Helping, serving, giving, uh, your spiritual disciplines. Uh, who are you doing it for? And one of the great ways to test it is the secret test. right? So where we can, make our efforts as, as hidden and secret as possible and, and see what that does to your motivation. Like if you don't post it on Facebook, if you don't advertise it, if nobody knows about it, do you still do it? Or do you think, well, what's the point? Nobody's going to notice, right? See, it puts it to the test. Or, or more importantly, here's probably a better thing, because here's the reality. The, the truth is, people are not just dying to give you praise and affirmation. I don't know if you noticed that yet. But it's not like people are waiting for you to, to post something on Facebook so they can applaud you, right? It doesn't actually work that way, Right? Uh, And so the real question is, how does it make you feel when no one notices all your hard work and good deeds? Right? How do you feel when, whether you wanted to be in secret or not, nobody noticed? And nobody seemed to care. Right? What What does it do? When your spouse doesn't notice and affirm that you picked up all your socks and dirty clothes. And she just ignores it. When your parent doesn't give you the approval you wanted. When your boss or other team members uh, can do nothing but criticize you no matter how hard you try. Uh, When your supporting church drops you because they're just not impressed with your ministry. When your organization passes you up again for that leadership position you feel you would be perfect for, and they pick somebody else because they seem to not notice you. How do you feel? That's the secret test. Do you say, it doesn't matter because I'm doing this for Jesus? Or do you feel ripped off and angry because they didn't notice? It's a test of our motives. Uh, When it seems that no one notices what you are doing, is it okay who are we hoping will give us affirmation and approval? See, we have, we have, we have the best affirmation from our Heavenly Father. right? Um, and, and what should drive and motivate us are these simple words, that when we stand before God, we hear these words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Right? That's what I want to live for. Right? That's what I want to hear. That's the only approval that should really matter to us. Let's pray. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.